minutes, 25 seconds. 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. And as Apollo 11 does its roll program, this podcast now does its roll program. The tape is rolling. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Grant Cameron, and you're listening to the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. Thank you for taking time from your life to be here. Today I replay an interview that's on my YouTube channel um, that was done, uh, Sinead Willihan and myself did, with uh, Gerard Pratt, who is a uh, UFO experiencer from Liverpool, England. Uh, during that interview, about 20 minutes into the interview, uh, Gerald starts talking about um, his encounter with flying the craft. Uh, he mentions a number of the similar ideas of putting your hand on a panel, becoming one. The other interesting thing that he brings up that people would not necessarily bring up if you're going to make up a story about flying the craft is he talks about um, the fact that once he put his hand on the panel, he had 360-degree vision, which makes no sense to the average person that you can see in all directions at the same time. The key to this is that this is very commonly reported by people having out-of-body experiences that can see in 360-degree vision. And a lot of um, Gerard's story has to do with his experiences with out-of-body experience, and that may be linked into the UFO experience in that uh, one of the theories is that the uh, phenomena is not quite as physical as people think it is that um, abductions and these sort of things may involve a lot of out-of-body experience where just the astral body is being taken and not the physical body. So here's the interview with uh, Gerald. It's a very interesting interview. I've put the whole thing, but 20 minutes in, you'll hear this um, uh, this incident uh, with a bunch of people on the ship, and uh, he gets to fly it. So enjoy the interview. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Sinead Willihan, and I'm here as an um, interview partner for Grant Cameron, who's also here with us today. And Grant and I are going to be interviewing a man named Gerard Pratt from the UK, who reached out to us after um, seeing some of our videos and was very interested in sharing his experience. He's got a long history of experience, and um, today he's going to be focusing specifically on OBEs and astral projection, but we're going to go into some other things as well. And so, Gerard, thanks so much for being here today, and um, and welcome. And Grant, thanks so much for being here as well. Of course, this is your channel. It's always an honor to do this with you. Um, so thanks for having me as a co-interviewer. 
Um, so Gerard, would you like to give a brief introduction about yourself and then maybe tell us how this all started for you? Well, first of all, uh, thanks, Sinead. For, uh, thanks, Grant, for having me on. It's, it's such a privilege because I, I, I have been watching the show for quite some time. Um, yeah, I have been... Well, first of all, can I just say, you know, um, I live in Liverpool in the UK. Uh, I work on the railways, so I do a lot of shift work. I'm married with two kids. Uh, I'm also a part-time soldier, so I'm quite a busy person. Um, and this basically started started for me when I was a child. Um, it's something that's it continued probably for the first eight years, and then it went quiet for a while, and it came back when I was in the military when I was like 17 years old. Um, so that's basically where I'm at. I've had a combination of OBEs, lucid dream, a lot of lucid dreams. Uh, I've I've seen a UFO. Um, I've recently had telepathy, ESP, and I've had a lot of voices. Um, a lot of, I'm slightly clear audience now, so that's where it's gone. So it's it's progressed over the years. But I'd say the last two or three years, it's got quite serious. Uh, well, I'm enjoying it, but I mean it's 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 got a lot more um, active. So I don't know where it's going, but um, I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the ride, and I'm going along with it. And I, I put a lot of time in now and focus to to help it along, you know. So yeah, I mean, if you want me to go through some experiences from the beginning, I mean, you know, it started off when I was probably about uh, two or three years old, and I was apparently uh, speaking to my great grandmother after she passed, but I wouldn't have known that because my parents said I used to talk to someone that wasn't there and referred to as my great-grandmother um, and Granny Hazelton, but I, I don't actually re remember that. I remember actually seeing her, do you know what I mean? So, And, and, then, it, and then it went to probably um, age four or five when I was having, having visions uh, during the night. I'd find myself in, um, in the hallway outside the bedroom and I'd have uh, apocalyptic visions of a burnt out, a burnt out earth with a telegraph pole burnt on the side. But it was more the feeling, the feeling that I was the last person, or not, not particularly an alive person, but the last person to witness uh, the end of humanity as a whole. And I'd, I'd find myself crying, and then that happened probably, I'd say, maybe five or six times. Um, and now looking back, I'm thinking, you know, somebody would have heard me crying on the stairs. So maybe I was actually astral projecting at the time without even knowing it. You know what can, I mean? Can I ask a question there? Like you're talking about the vision, which a lot of people who are on board the ship uh, describe. What kind of vision was it? Like what were you seeing? Was, uh, I was seeing a, a, a burnt telegraph pole, a burnt landscape, and um, it was more the feeling that humanity had, had, had wiped itself out. And... Um, it, and there was no one left. It was an emptiness. But I also had a lot of, of I, would, I can call them dreams, I've seen a lot of darkness and empty space at the time. And just, it went on forever and ever. So I, I, it was it was quite, a, yeah, I, looking back, it was quite strange. Um, and that, that must have happened four or five times, but no one actually caught me crying on the stairs. So I'm thinking, was I asked for projecting at the time? I just don't know, to be honest. Um and so I had them experiences, and then it moved on to the UFO site when I was seven. 
and that's quite strange because my daughter had a sight when she was seven as well. So tell us about um, that. Yeah, well, I, I knocked for my me, me friend next door but one, and um, while I was waiting on the on the doorstep for him to have his dinner, the evening meal, uh, I seen a, a metallic-shaped craft uh, flying. It was from right to left, and it was going down quite slow, say 20, 30 miles per hour. And I was just stood staring at it, and it, it, made, it banked to the right and, and then started flying away from me. But um, it was, I mean, I was, I think I was seven at the time, but... There was no doubt of what it was. I mean, I knew at the time I'd, I'd seen something that shouldn't have been there. So I went, I run and banged on the door and I said, I said to my friend's mum, I said, um, I've just seen a UFO. And she was laughing, saying, stop messing about and stuff like that. So, uh, but that, that, the memory's never gone. I mean, it wasn't like um, an Adamski style UFO with like a, a dome on the top. It was more like two silver plates. Um, you know, there was nothing sticking out the top. But it was clearly metallic. No, no, no sound. No, um, no, no exhaust fumes or anything at all. I just knew it wasn't. It wasn't right. You know. It just flew by. Did it stop yeah. or? Holy. Uh, no, it was going quite slow. It was coming towards me, and it seemed to turn and fly away from me. Um, but there was no no sound from it at all, or nothing like that. I was just just very odd, you know. But. It was a strange thing about it. Uh, me, 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 my parents don't remember me telling them about it, but it's, it's all a bit strange. But it's never the memory's never never gone from me. Um, what was, your, what was yeah. your experience like as a child when you see this ship fly past? Did you what did you think or feel at the time? What was your experience of seeing that? Well, um, I think it was some years later. It became more. I started thinking about it more when I was like 17 or 18. Uh, at the time, as a child, you don't really know. I mean, I knew it wasn't right, right. It did, but it didn't scare me or nothing. It didn't. Um, you don't, as a, as a child, you're just more susceptible to these things. You take them with a pinch of salt, don't you? You know. Um, but it, 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 I think I think that's got me thinking um, differently because I was always then interested in mysteries of the, the universe, you know, and. I remember my dad had the Arthur C. Clarke book on his thing, and I was always mystified looking at that. So I think it did kick something off with me, yeah, definitely. I think there was something it done which made me start thinking out of the box. You know? Were you the only one in your family that was thinking that way, or did you have other family members who... I was the only one. Yeah. I was the only one, but we spent a lot of time with my grandmother. I'm, I say my cousin Melanie. Um, she, she, me, me granny used to be into a lot of divination, but she was a, she was a, a devout Catholic. And we went to church regular. Um, but she she was into divination and reading the tea leaves and all them kind of things. So so Melanie is a, a full-on uh, psychic. That's how she ends up living now as a psychic. Near, she lives near Glastonbury by Stonehenge. But she, she, she was um, on the same sort of wavelength. But um, none of the other family were, they were, were any, you know, they didn't see anything or there's no mention of any strange experiences or anybody else. No. And you mentioned that by age 17 or 18, you were starting to think about these things more. So what was happening at that point in your life? Well, that's when I had my first OBE. What, what happened is I, um, we, we lived abroad for some years um, with my dad's job. He was a train driver my dad. So we lived in Africa, in West Africa. Uh, so when we came back, I joined the army at age 16 because I, I just wanted the adventure, you know. So um, I think after that, when I got to my unit, I was on guard duty and I remember waking up in the ceiling 
bouncing against the ceiling. I remember looking around and I could see the, the, the guard commander walking around and through the, the door was slightly open. And I just felt it really hard. And then the next thing I'm, I'm down and I get out and, and I put some water on my face and I thought, this isn't right, you know. It didn't scare me, but the fact that was, we, we, you were doing shifts and you were doing like two hours on, two hours off, so you were always deprived of sleep. So I just put it down to maybe I was hallucinating or something. I never give it a lot of thought. But then it happened again a few months later when we were skiing in Scotland. Uh, I was in a dormitory environment then. And I remember people were playing cards at the table in front of where my bed was. And I remember floating around the room and I couldn't control my flight at all. But I remember when I woke up, everyone was still playing cards at the table and stuff. So um, that got me thinking. And I did have a sleep paralysis incident as well. Um, yeah, so th that's what happened then it, it, when I was in the army. So yeah, again, that got me thinking. But I was that busy with doing my duties that I never really sort of... Um, oh, well, I'm saying that. I mean, I, I did actually do a bit of palm reading at the time as well because somehow I ended up in this paranormal book club. and I don't even know how that happened. But then I started to learn palm reading. But I think I was going around, around the town doing a bit of palm reading. But I think that was more to to impress girls and things, you know. But there was obviously something, but it, which it did do, actually. But, I mean, there was obviously, and I was quite good at it as well. But there was obviously something going on there. I don't quite know. I've never really given that a lot of thought. But, yeah, I was definitely interested in that side of things, yeah. So whether it was because of the UFO site, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe a... I've considered maybe getting regressed and see if anything did happen. I don't know <laughs> whether that would make it worse. Was that the only sighting you had, the UFO sighting, or did you have others later in life? Um, no, I, I, I've, I've not. I've, well, I have, I've, I've seen UFOs uh, while I've been having OBEs, which I've requested. Um, Tell and me I've, about that. Tell me about that. You, you requested to see UFOs? Yes. Um well, I, I had an experience with a higher self being, um, and after that particular experience, I started thinking, you know, we're in some kind of um, same environment here. I started thinking things aren't quite what they seem. So I started saying, you know, show me, show me a, a craft or show me this or show me that. And, and, and one night on a dog walk, I was saying, you know, show me something. And that's when I seen this amazing shooting star flying up. And I, and I thought, okay, you know. And then the next week I was saying, oh, let's show me a craft. And then I remember waking up and going out of the house. And um, I remember seeing a craft come in, like a triangular-shaped craft. And telepathically, I remember communicating with it and saying, you know, wow me, show me something amazing. And it done like a loop, a full loop. And, and I said, thank you, you know, and it flew off. And so. Yeah, but but when when I was, I mean that obviously that was in on in an astral experience. But when I was out walking the dog, you know, I, because I'd had this experience a week before, that's when I started saying, you know, to, I was trying to sort of you know, show me something. And I was thinking, you know, this 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 reality isn't quite what we think. You know, I think as an observer, creative um, environment, I started thinking the observer creates. You know, there's a lot of theories based on, you know, with, with atoms and electrons and, and, and until you observe, they don't fix, they don't lock down and, and produce something. And I started going down that road by the experience that I had with this higher self being that showed me 
after I died. It was, um, and that was quite a strange experience. I mean, I, 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 um, I, was, I was sat in my armchair and it must have only been a couple of minutes and I suddenly found myself in an environment that was like a computer room scenario, like a control room. And I seen a holographic image of the earth and it was clear to me that I'd died. And this being said, it wasn't that bad. The life wasn't that bad. And it felt like about a two week period that the whole life had been. And at the time I knew, I knew all the answers to every question there is in the universe. It was, um, it was very, very strange. Um, so I started thinking, I was looking around the room and looking at the different monitors and, and, and things. And I started thinking, this is maybe a higher self being or something. I don't, I don't quite know. But the fact I thought it showed me something, maybe something it shouldn't have showed me, I don't know. Is this a being that you can see or is this a being that you just okay. sense is there? I was the being. Um, you were the being. Okay. So you're uh, your higher self in terms. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was looking through the eyes of the being and thinking what the being was thinking. Uh, and that's when the being said um, it wasn't that bad. But it was made clear to me that this life had ended. Um, but there'd be others and this life felt like about a two week course or something um, and, and that's what he said it wasn't that bad now you said that you had um, known everything which a lot of experiences will describe that moment how long did that moment last in terms of Briefly. knowing did this stuff start to fade away as soon as the experience ended yeah I mean I call it the mind filter it's like with, with a lot of the OBEs I mean there's OBEs where I've met just about all my deceased relatives um, but as soon as they're over, you can't remember what you said. You can remember greeting them, hugging them, but the conversation's gone, even how you got there. Uh, and I call it the mind filter. I mean, it's, you know, the spiritual aspect of ourself is regulating what we're allowed to see and what we're not. I mean, I think a good astral projector can push the boundaries, but, you know, you, you, you're limited. They, they, they'll pull the plug on you and, and won't let you see certain things. Simple as that. Did, did you... Are you able to ask for experiences to happen now with the way that you ask for the UFO to come and visit you? Are you able to ask for things like, let me come into my higher self's um, energy field and see through its eyes, think its thoughts? I've had experiences where, um, yeah, I've asked to find out what my purpose in life is and, and things. I mean, listen, normally when you're on the, on the edge of wakefulness and sleepfulness, that's the time to do it, the hypnagogic phase. Uh, and yeah, I've asked and I've, I've been you know, told things and I've had the voice come through and tell me, you know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, one, one, one night when I asked, you know, for what my purpose in life was, I remember waking up um, and I'm lying there awake now, but I can't remember who I am, where I am or who I'm with. Um, so I'm lying there and straight away instinctively, because this is how I act now, I, I'll ask a question or I request an OBE, but you've got to have intent, the determination, the will and it. And the, and the intent, uh, and, that, and that's fixed with me now. So any any situation where I'm at the right fatigue level or I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll I'll, I'll normally request OBE, or, or you know, and I'll try and get out. It happens automatically now. But on this night, I woke up and and and, I, and the voice was instant when it, when I, when I asked who am I, where am I, and who's this woman, and um, the voice was instant, and it was um, told me who I was, and this is your wife, um said she was a, a religious person, a nun, and she's lived many years as a nun. Um, 
He said, your role is to protect this woman. Uh, and that's why you've been equipped with spiritual gifts. And that's what was said. So, yeah, it's um, there's been a lot of experiences like that where, you know, that I mean, I've had OBEs because what I've started doing now, I've started actually asking questions, you know, because so, I'm realizing, I mean, I'm in the zone sort of thing when you're out of. So instead of just flying around and going through walls and going through windows and things, you know, and or teleportation somewhere, it's all very interesting, but. We want answers, so I've started asking questions. So, I, and this one, this is a few weeks ago. I, I, you know, I said, you know, God, give me your best advice. What advice have you got for me? And that came instantly again. The voice came straight away, you know, and it says, um, "Jared, do unto others as they do unto you." And that was the message, you know. So, um, so it's, yeah, it's getting interesting. Um, but I've, I've also started working in the hypnagogic phase now, so. I'll lie there and I'll, I'll, and the screen will form and I'll start, you know, asking questions or I'll see documents. I mean, I've seen some documents. I mean, I've seen a lot of documents with technical drawings on and things like that. But this particular document, I think I, I think of somebody and it showed me the death date, the day, the year and, and things like that, which I didn't want to see. But, um, and and, and you, your inner awareness will know who it is. And that's something else. Uh, we've got telepathy, but there's an inner, an inner knowing. So sometimes you don't have to ask a question. You just know. For example, I've had OBEs where I've been in places and, and all of a sudden I know where I am. It's just an inner knowing. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, and you get told other information. So that, that, that's the area I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work at now because while OBEs are very, can be very exciting, but I've, I've done all that, you know what I mean? I've, I've visited temples, I've flown across the Atlantic, I've been into space and all them kind of fun things. And now I'm trying to ask questions. So it's progressed. And as it's gone on, the telepathy's come in as well. So as soon as I'm in an OB environment or a hypnagogic phase where I'm communicating, I'm immediately telepathic now. It, it just comes natural. I, I can't explain how that happens. And that's come on the back of other things, you know. I think since I, I, I had a, an experience um, where I was taken on, on a craft, on a UFO, I think things have, have changed since then, if I'm honest. So tell me about that. You were on a craft. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it was strange because I only had um, about an hour or two hours worth of sleep because I'd, I'd stayed up late and I was, I was during work at 2, two or 3 a.m. So I knew I was, I was only having two hours sleep. So it's funny how... But I remember I was um, I walked into I walked into a kitchen and I seen some neighbours there and I said to you you know you're pregnant with a little girl and she said are you psychic I said no I don't think so and then she grabbed my my wrist and, and I feel the pulse beating and she said do you want to know your future next thing I find myself um, in an area with a group of people mixed age about twenty of us there was it was older people younger people mainly younger uh, and a woman walked towards us with tied back grey hair and she had a, like a flight suit on and she said follow me everyone just followed and she took us towards a it was a, a tarmac area more of a courtyard but there was warehouses I mean and, and there was a craft with the ramp and we walked up the ramp onto the craft and um, there was a, a 
probably a 15 year old male who walked, he walked towards a panel on the wall. He placed his hand on the panel and the craft lifted off. It turned around 360 degrees and it landed and everyone was clapping. So I'm, I would say at this moment, I'm part lucid. Um, and I'm thinking, what, this is strange, you know. And I, and I put my hand up and I said, can I have a go? And she pointed towards the panel. Well, I, I, and she pointed towards the panel, this is late. So when I placed my hand on the panel, she passed me a card, a laminated card. So I read off the card and one of the symbols was a bed and nothing happened. So, so she said, I have another go. So I, I, so I said, and it started with I, Gerard, um, and I can't remember what the other, other words were, but I knew the inner awareness was telling me I was given the craft authorization to synchronize with me. So this time I felt movement and static in my hand, like, and I felt a connection and the craft lifted off. I took it, I think something like, I would say 50 meters in the air. And then I went up a bit further and I turned the craft round and then I landed the craft. And everyone was clapping. It was, you know, it was clear that's what we were, they were trying to achieve. You had to synchronize with the craft by by using telepathy or whatever other means. Um, and then the next thing, I found myself on a, a sofa, um, asleep. But I was I was in the next hangar to the, where this craft was, um, and that's when it was made clear to me there was a, a being. I don't want to say an ET being. I don't. I don't really know. It was quite tall, um, but I could see for the, the the being through the corner of my eye. And I remember telepathically saying to him, "Come closer. Don't be afraid." Um, and I mean, I don't know why I'm saying that to the being, and I'm sure the being, but I wasn't afraid, you know. Uh, and the next thing I knew, there was a hand. The hand touched me on the head, and I felt very relaxed. Um, very, very at ease. And then I, I, again, I, I said, I, I focus on having an OBE because that's what my mind's trained to do when, it, when I get in them phases of relaxation. And then the next thing I dropped through through the couch and I was in the, in the room below and I was considering, you know, I'm about to meet this being now. So I need to ask the right questions. And I didn't know, well, I knew I had five fingers. That was a good start, you know, but, you know, I was prepared whatever it was going to go like I was prepared to go with it and 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 see what and get to the bottom of it sort of thing but um and that was that uh I, that's when I I was woke <laughs> I was woken for work and I was furious you know I was so close to so these were human type people that that led you onto the craft how many people were on the craft you said about 15 to 20 mixed age mostly younger than myself okay um, the older woman led us onto the craft. I'm going to say she had grey hair, it was tied back, but she was quite slim. Um, yeah, it was quite, it was, it was obviously very vivid. It was no different to, to normal reality. Um, but yeah. And, and what, and that, can I ask what the craft looked like inside? Can you describe what, what, yeah, and, the I, and that kind of thing? I would describe it as a, Maybe a very, very large version of an Adamski type craft. It, it seems to have some kind of a dome in the center. But it was more metallic and more modern than like an Adamski style craft. It was bigger, maybe, you know, um, 
Well, it was, it, with, with 20 odd of us in there, there was plenty of room and it was like a star, very sterile environment. Um, I didn't notice any other rooms and I didn't notice the door closed either that was just gone. It was porthole windows because while, while I was flying the craft, I could see through my mind's eye exactly what was going on outside the craft. But while I was inside, I could only see through the porthole. Um, there was a few of them because I could visually see outside that we went up. Yeah, but when I flew it, I could see everything. Um, it did it so. seem like it was the same, like when, when you saw it from outside and then you were inside, mm. did anything change in your in your perception of the shape oh, yeah. or the size of it or anything yeah, about when, it? When, when I was on the panel, I, I just seen a full 360 degrees. My awareness was everywhere, all around the craft, uh, and much further. I was just a passenger when I was inside. Uh, okay. So it wasn't like when you see it from the outside and then you're inside, did it seem to be bigger or smaller or change? In? Uh, hard to know. Hard to know. Probably bigger inside if I think about it. But as I say, it was that as soon as my awareness was there, I was going up the ramp and I didn't really get a, a good view of how big. Now, the thing is, when, when you're in these phases, um, things don't seem that important to you as they do now, you know. When you're in another state of awareness, you don't seem to be that bothered about these things. And that's something that's become quite prominent. Um, you know, materialistic things don't just 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 doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Did you feel like the craft itself was a physical thing, like an object, or did you feel like it was thinking for itself, that it was conscious or aware? It was artificial intelligence that was controlling the craft. What it was made of, I don't know. Um, but that's what my, my inner feeling was. The, the craft itself was alive, um, if I'm honest. Did you have to keep your hand on the panel while you were flying, or could you take your hand off? I had to keep my hand on the panel. Okay. But the panel was on a wall. Whether there was another area where there was other places to put your hand, I don't know. Um, but it was on, on, on the panel. It felt, like, it felt plastic, if I'm honest. Any any symbols or anything, or did the panel have anything on it, like, or just just a flat, just flat panel on the wall? You're saying, yeah, flat white plastic square, okay. uh, probably probably a lot bigger than your hand from your hand to go on in, yeah, times the size of my hand maybe. Um, huh. There was no like finger marks or anything in yeah. it. It was just. Were you ever invited to be there, or did you just suddenly find yourself there? I get the, the impression I get, I mean, after a lot of the OBEs, I started feeling or having uh, the voices. Um, and I felt that it was this being that I'd been communicating. That was the inner awareness was telling me that. That's what I'd been communicating with me. Um, and I had, a, I had a chat with Sonia Grace when I was at one of the awakening um, festivals, or festivals, whatever they are. Well, and, and she said she, she felt the presence of an ET being uh, took an interest in me. Um, a lot of the OB stuff I've been doing has caught, caught their eye. So. And who is that? Yeah, Sonia Grace. Okay. Uh, she's a mystic healer. From the States. Okay. And that's what she said. Wow. Well, yeah, so I, I mean, whether or not this, this being, had, you know, had been with me for how, I don't know, for since I was a child or whether or not, I just don't know. But yeah, so I had the voices, um, and 
a lot of the questions I was asking, you know, I'd ask um, where are they from? I got told they're from Alpha Centauri. Um, I asked them why they're here, and they said they want to change the way humans think. Um, I asked them, uh, what else did I ask? Did they, did they say why they want to change the way humans think, what the goal for that was? Well, I asked them why they want, what they wanted me to do, and they said they, um, they want my help. And then you give me the name Barbara Lamb. Well, I didn't know Barbara Lamb one at the time. She's a hypnotherapist. Um, so I know she is now, but at the time I didn't know who she was. But that's the name they give me. It's pretty far away. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, <laughs> I mean, she seems pretty good at what she does. Like, but no, whether or not they want me to go and see her or what they were saying that her work is. is <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I mean, um, and then I. There was other. I, 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 I was. See, I'd like to point. There's two. There's two voices, and this is something which channelers don't tend to, to point out because I've had both now. So there's the voice when you're sort of relaxing in the hypnagogic phase, and and you ask a question, and the answer will come in your own voice. So I can't rule out, you know, that that's not your own subconscious mind creating the answers. Then there's another voice. This is the loud voice that comes from nowhere, and it can come in the afternoon. It can come any time. You've got no control over this voice. And this is the voice that I'm on about. It, it come from nowhere. I'm, I mean, one afternoon said, um, you and Margaret were matched. So you know, I couldn't wait to, I couldn't wait to tell her that because of oh, you'd be made up now. Um, but yeah, so that was another message. And then there was, there was a few others I got. Yeah. Oh yeah. Abrahata. I was sat there and I heard Abrahata or Abherati. Um, when by the time I wrote it down, I couldn't remember if it was Abharati. So, and that was one of the Buddhas, uh, and it, um, or or an Indian philosopher from 570 AD, I think. So I couldn't quite oh, this Abrihata was. Well, you know, the male you know, voice, a female voice, or what kind of voice is this? Well, the the first voices I started getting this is in 2018, where like a Good Morning, your name was getting called out in the afternoon. So, and then I started getting, good morning, how are you? And it was a female voice, uh, good morning, have a good day, and all this kind of stuff. And that's how it started. And then, and that's when you start coming through more, you know, and, and it'd be, um, you know, that's when I got you and Margaret were matched. And I got a few as I wrote down here. Um, yeah, the names of good mornings. Yeah, choose your book. Choose what books you, you read carefully, and things like that. You just just come from nowhere, you know. Um, so these aren't voices, but you're you're lying down, sort of half relaxed. They're just loud external voices, but they seem external. There's no one around. Then I got uh, then I got uh, I got slapped in the face one day. I just dozed off in my chair for a second, and I got belted in the face. And I don't know what that was. Seriously. But it was getting quite late, probably, and I thought, well, maybe it's just someone telling me to go to bed, you know, get to bed, sort of thing. And then it was, the next night, it was banging on the window. But it was definitely, this is 18 and 19 last year, and there's something going on, you know, and I said, oh, so I had this craft experience. I'm getting voices, I'm getting slapped in the face, it's banging on the window. So something's trying to get my attention, clearly, you know. Um, oh, yeah, something, something's gone down, but... Um, yeah, and so on the on on the, go on. 
Yeah, you, you do, like you're talking about out-of-body experiences, but do you do um, lucid dreaming, and and what? how do you see the two as being different? Yeah, but I mean, I'm trained to convert a lucid dream into an OBE anyway. But I mean, in a lucid dream, you're in a dream, you might see your friends there, you might, you know, and it's all, you know, you know it's a, you're in a dream. But it's recognizing that you're in a dream, and what I've trained myself to do now is I'll go and find a bed somewhere, uh, or I'll teleport. So, I mean, on three occasions now, I've gone, I've gone and found a bed in an apartment or something. I'll have a lie down and I'll have an OBE. So you can, you can, you're switching your state of awareness out of the dream to another state of awareness, or you just teleport out. Now I've started doing that. So um, I'm in a lucid dream. I realise I'm in a lucid dream. I'll just um, close my eyes, visualise where I want to be, and I'll feel a movement, a sensation of movement. And then I'll and I'll be there. But recently I've done that and I went into space and I suddenly found myself looking at looking at the air, floating in space. And I felt quite scared to be quite honest. Um and you know, I suddenly suddenly switched out of the awareness after about two minutes. I, mean, I could have went on from there, you know, and you could I could have gone through a trip around the solar system or whatever, but it's easy to say that. But when you sometimes when you feel you start feeling the fear and your loneliness of being because you're you're looking at the earth, I must have been, you know, so, way out of orbit and the, the sun was up behind the earth and you start looking at the earth and you can see it turning and and you think you know what do we do now and i've never seen that before so it can be a bit frightening if i'm honest for people like myself who've tried lucid dreaming and sinead who maybe has tried it once or twice what techniques would you give for getting out of your body or lucid dreaming in terms of what you've learned and what and maybe maybe you're just talented to do it or maybe you have a technique that you can teach people oh, no because I, they used to be very random for me so um you know i'd have one every couple of weeks so what would happen is i'd wake up and I, what happened for me I, I had a lot i see a lot of deceased relatives and and that was getting quite frequent and then i had one where i was in i was in um i kept finding myself in a bedroom and I'd learn how to do some spins and things. And, and the next week I was in the bedroom again. I don't know whose house it was. I'm looking through the clothes. I open the door and I'm looking down the corridor because he had telly flickering away at the end. And, and, I, thought, and I tried to put my arm through the wall. So that's how I taught myself. And then after that, I found myself just running through the wall. I looked, woke up, got out my body, and I looked back and see my body asleep in the bed. And then I just I just knew, a higher self knew, just, just go for it and just ran through the wall. So... I was having them experiences and I was enjoying them, but I wanted to have a wake-induced experience. So that's when I started studying um, the whole of the phenomenon itself and reading the books about it and, 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 and working the plan of how I was going to do it. So that involved everything from crystals. I went the whole, I done the whole work, the crystals, the books. Um, and I was adamant to have a wake-induced OBE. Um, and I mean, it didn't come easy. I mean, you, you read stuff online and you'd say, you know, you do this, you'd lie on a couch for half an hour, you know. No, it, no it's, <laughs> they're talking a load of rubbish. You know, I bet there's half the people who are writing these articles. I've never, I've never actually done it because it took me weeks of trying these techniques and failing the progressive relaxation, the uh, the audio stuff, you know, uh, that, that talk to you, talks you into it. You know, the meditation is it's called guided meditation. None of that worked. I mean, I was literally having to lie there for two hours 
you know, after I'd woken up um, and just try and put the body asleep. Is this what you're trying to do? So you've got to decide uh, if you want to have a wake induced experience, which is very, very difficult to have. I'll be honest, it took me weeks because um, I find it difficult to relax anyway, I think. But So then you can go for one way you're going to wake yourself up in the middle of the night when you're already very relaxed. Or if you wake up naturally during the night, you're halfway there because you're already very relaxed. You don't need to go to any relaxation techniques. Um, or you can go via a lucid dream. So they're the main gateways. You're either going to be, you know, have, have a wake-induced lucid dream you're going to go with intent, lie on the bed or, and have one. And there, that's the mind blower. That, that's the one that's going to change your paradigm, your whole sense of view. And that's what I wanted, which I have achieved many times now. Um, the, the other ones, when you wake up half asleep, half awake and, and you will it. Yeah, they're interesting, but your awareness isn't, isn't as strong because you're very relaxed and you're half asleep. Um, they are when you get out of body, but when as, as it initiates, the process is different. But the, I mean, a lot of people go for the lucid dream and they'll do all the, re, the reality checks. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you must have heard of these reality checks and you, you say, oh, can I remember the past last five minutes? And, and to be honest, they're a pain in the arse because you're going around all day looking at your watch show and, you know, doing these reality checks. It's not, you know, what I would say is, um, a dream journal, keeping a good dream journal is the key. Memory is everything. So you need to keep a good dream journal and you don't swerve it off. You make sure you do it and, and you're telling the subconscious mind, yeah, I'm interested. This is what I want to know. And you'll start noticing vividness and narrative. And then at my peak in, in 18, I was getting like six, seven, eight dreams with full narrative, full vividness. Um, so that that's the key. Um now, reality check, if you want to go via a lucid dream, that's easy to do. But again, you want to go around for two months doing these reality checks, you know. What do you, you think about lucid dreaming? Do you think the lucid dreaming can help as a stepping stone towards having OBEs or, or being able to If you can achieve a lucid dream. So I'm in a dream now. I've suddenly realized, you know, I can't breathe underwater. And I am. This is a lucid dream. So next thing what you'll do is you'll try and have a shift. You need to get out of there and shift your awareness somewhere else. So you could either teleport out or you could actually um, find a bed or something and have an OBE. It's a lot easier. As soon as you lie in a bed and you're in a lucid dream, you'll have an OBE straight away. Um, but I would say shifting your awareness is the, to get out of that lucid dream by teleporting, teleporting yourself out. Sorry, are you still using crystals and like how do those yeah. come into play? What, what's the purpose of the crystals? What, what part do yeah, they have? The affirmations, the crystals, all these, thing, all these things just give you a, another sense of belief, don't they? So, you know, when, when you pick crystals like Moldavite, the ET crystal, Amethyst, uh, Prenite, uh, which is supposed to increase memory, so I, I just like the sound of it all, and, and it was all, you know, they were telling me that this would do this. So you're trying to give yourself the the will and the determination, because that, that's what it's to do with. You, you, there's no good going in to do it if you haven't got the will, determination to do it. Um, so you need to give yourself every angle you can to believe. And belief, the belief is the thing. You're not to believe it's going to happen. So crystals, 
Yeah. I mean, they're all very, very sort of interesting. Yeah, the, 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 the channel of Bashar calls them permission slips, whatever you think is going to work, yeah. but you have to think it's going to work. Otherwise, you, work. for people like, and people get related to that, people will say they can't remember their dreams. How do yeah. you get people to remember their dreams? Right. When you wake up in the morning, right, you turn your alarm clock off, lay completely still for at least five to 10 minutes. Don't move a muscle. And you need to sift through your mind and you're looking for little snippets of information. And once you've got one and, and you've worked unravel the dream, reference it. If you're in a supermarket, say supermarket dream, then quickly move on to the next one. And once you've referenced, you know, I would say when you start off, you're looking for three or four, I would say, and get them down in the book as soon as possible. But yeah, lay there for 10 minutes. Don't move as soon as you wake up and completely still and just sift through your mind to try and recall the dreams. And I'd, I'd, I'd normally be able to, to, to remember about six or seven last year and down to about three or four now um, do, you do you think that setting an intention before you go to sleep yeah, yeah. for me i can't remember anything after i wake up from my dreams only very few i remember yeah you need to yeah you, obviously but do you keep a dream journal i mean a dream journal is telling your mind you're interested and you want to know and i think it took me about two weeks before they started increasing well yeah an affirmation under your pillow normally a note I mean, I remember with Margaret, she, wants, she, she knew I was getting these messages. So I said, well, uh, here's my crystals. I said, write a note out to your higher self to, to, to speak to you. And the next morning when she woke up, she got a hello. How are you? I, uh, I think it was, or, or a name or something. She got something externally. So it does work. They are listening and they do whatever they are. And I wouldn't like to say, and people label stuff, and I hate all this labeling. You know, I wouldn't like to say what they are. They're higher intelligence and they're there all the time. But, um, you know, they, they are listening and they will, if you ask, they will, they will perform. And, and what I found in keeping a dream journal is that once you get the first one, then it gets yeah. really easy. It's sort of like then it knows what to do. The first one is the hardest one to remember the first time and write it down. And then the next yeah. night, it's suddenly you got two or three and it's like, it's. Yeah. And then. I fill mine in for, well, I, I, I've sort of, I don't do it as much now, but religiously for 12 months. So, yeah, you, you need a good memory because if you can't remember what's going on, there's no point, is it? And I think apparently we all astral project every night anyway. I mean, sometimes I find myself out of the body and then I'm back in and I'm back out and I'm back in and I can't remember what actually went on. So I'm getting the impression there's other, other trips going on and I'm only privy to, to certain the ones that I decide to get involved with. So I think, you know, you need a good memory to remember it. And that's when I say a good astral projector, you're sort of pushing the boundaries and, and pushing the filter that they're trying to block you out of. And, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it's quite like, it's quite interesting, yeah. How, how do you string this all together? Like if you take the uh, out-of-body experiences, the lucid dreaming, the UFOs, uh, how do you string it? What's your sort of like your concept of the world as to how reality actually works? Right. Well, I think um, I'm starting to go down the road of the consciousness um, creates the reality. So we manifest our own reality. Um, and that's where I'm going. Is a few, I've looked, I, I watched a TED talk by Donald Hoffman and he's on about we reconstruct our reality as a survival. So maybe the reason we block out a lot of this other stuff which is going on around us is a survival advantage. That was his theory. 
you know. Um, so I think from the five senses, we assimilate information by the mind, and it, the mind will reconstruct it and show us the the the, the what what it wants us to see, you know. Um, whether we're, I mean, I was, I was going down a road of assuming we're in some kind of simulated environment, but I don't know. I wouldn't like to say if it is. It's a very advanced. But when we look at atoms and and the thirteen electrons that go around, there's not a lot of uh, solid matter, is there, in an atom? So it does look a bit like there's nothing actual physical, you know. So I think we're we're heading. I think science is heading towards answers, you know, with all these quantum theories, and sooner or later it's all going to come. It's all going to come out, and we'll have to. I mean, I, I think you know. I think about a lot of these ETs and stuff, and I think have they been groomed from birth to believe in consciousness where we've been repressed? So maybe a lot of these people who are talking to us, they've been groomed from birth to, to in telepathy and, and and all them sort of psychic gifts that that we're sort of uh, repressed from. You know, I've done a little diagram what I think and what what I find interesting is you know, you've got the spirit world. They've got eternal life. You know, they're connected to source. Can you hold it up so we can see? Yeah. This is a little diagram I've done. I don't know if you can see that. A little higher. Can you see that? Okay. Yeah. So you've got a higher self and we've got us at the bottom. And we're, and, and we're the ones, it's funny enough, we're the ones that, uh, that don't know anything, are we? We're, they, they've got access to our timelines. Mm-hmm. You know, they're non-physical. We accept that they're non-physical, but then we think we're physical. And and then you've got the other beings in between messing about with us, you know. So we're here with one arm behind our back. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, and our memory seems to be wiped clean. Yeah. It's like we've got amnesia going round, you know, and they, they know everything. It's, so. but, they're, but they're in the field, aren't they? I mean, once you get into the field with them, you become telepathic the same as they are, but then you come back into the physical reality, and that's when you start to lose all the information, whereas that's they stay in the field, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the thing about um, being a good astral projector. And there was a guy named, um, what's his name, Steve Bassett, and he came out with that comment, and he says, oh, you know, if you, it doesn't matter if you're, a five-star general or you're the president, if, you're, if you've got the mark, you're going out of the bedroom window, i.e., you know, the ETs can just take you when you want to take you. Yeah. But what I say, if you're a good astral projector and, you, and, you, and you're experienced with the telepathy and all that kind of stuff, then I think that you take yourself out of the bedroom window and you go and meet them on level terms, yeah. if that makes any sense. I think you, you're equipping yourself with the skills to be able to, to, to function on that level. Now, so, some scientists will play this, play the skeptic, and have come up against them. And you've been okay. in that world, so they'll say, "Well, okay, I know you got, you just believe that that you were there." So, what I sort of remind them of, and maybe you can confirm to me, when you're in that world, is it as real as the real world? Is it more real than the real world? Because that's their idea. It's like I know I'm in the real world, but you're in this sort of illusionary thing where nothing really makes sense or whatever. But is is it true that the the, the sort of the the astral world is more real than the real world and that this is the dream. Is that your impression? It's hyper-realism. Um, it can feel that way, yeah. You know, no, the knowledge that you've got there and the inner, inner knowing is, is there. Would I, would I say it was more real? I don't know because I, I think we're, we're, whatever program we're on, this, this, this real, it does seem very real. Indeed, you know, uh, you know, you try and put yourself in front of a moving bus, it's going to feel real. But, um, 
I'd say that feels it feels different. Yeah. What is real? I don't know. Um, that feels different. You feel like so, you plugged in. So if they say to you, how do you know that it was real? How do you know that you actually, if a skeptic were to say, how do you know you were actually there and that you actually had an experience and not an illusion or whatever they want to call it? Well, that, that's just a thing. I mean, I, I would say I don't, I, don't, I don't really know anything. I can't say. I mean, I, I've had precognitive experiences. I would ask him to explain how three weeks before a knife attack, uh, I, I was knifed in the same, and I was told about the event. So they can explain to me uh, how that's possible, you know, because I don't think they can. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I was stabbed four times in a local shopping centre and the voice kept telling me the name of the shopping centre and they kept flashing up the name of the shopping centre. You know, and while I laid there bleeding to death, they kept flashing up. And then, you know, it came. So, you know, that, and three weeks later, the exact thing happened in that shopping centre. So, you know, I'd like them to explain that. But... Yeah. You know, it's a it's a hyper realism thing, but it's the knowing. It's it's different because it isn't the same. It isn't the same as this reality. So, in terms of you know everything, you've you've got access to all information, all documents. You know, so I'm I'm at the phase now where I want to take it to the next step and get more information and find that proof. You know, I'd be great if you could. I mean, I mean, I know this sounds bizarre, but when, when, when I'm seeing pages of documents and I'm getting given equations, I'm thinking that I'd love to take a snapshot of that. You know, how do I know that's not the cure for cancer? I, I don't. I mean, there's stuff that's out there. It's, it's, um, well, if you re regressed, apparently that is one of the easiest things. I actually had two people who were showing the, the cure to cancer, and they were both yeah. showing it by the same type of being. I actually offered to put off the money to fly them and have the regressions done. And what I was told by the girl who was going to do the regressions was that's the easiest thing for, for them to do under regression. If you see formulas or anything written, uh, you can actually reproduce it. So that might be something you'd look into. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, and that's something. I mean, I've, seen a lot, I've seen a lot of formulas, mathematical formulas. I've no idea what they are. I'd say we wake, I wake up, at, sometimes I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and there's a screen and then I'll start getting messages and I'm, I'm, I'm chatting with somebody. But I mean, like I told Sinead, I've joined this spiritual group recently and, um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to be going to channel and sessions soon and stuff. So that should be interesting. Wow. But on, the, on the first occasion, I went well, and done a meditation with them, which is in complete blackness, complete darkness is meditation. Uh, one of the psychics said to me, he said, I can see a black dog at your feet. He said, it wouldn't leave you alone. And the very next day, I run over a black dog with me train made eye contact poor little dog well I say little it wasn't it was quite big it made eye contact with me and, and I ran it over so again you know I'm seeing things all the time around which is giving me proof that this isn't something fictional you know it's very real well what do you think your your mission is what do you think your role is do you have any idea I don't know but me, you know me, 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 my cousin says she's been told that she needs to train me up to, to, to communication so, um, you know she communicates in the day all the time Um. And that could be a problem with me job and that I don't know. So the fact is, I just don't know. But, you know, I, I want to increase things further and, and keep it going. Um, but the OBEs, yeah, it's all, you know, it's all. But, but at the end of the day, what am I actually learning? So I need to, you know, start being more sort of um, thinking out of the box. When, you, when you're in that zone, you can't remember a great deal. Um, you know, you need to sort of focus to, to have, have the questions that you want to ask. 
that's where I need to, to focus on. What, what's me task? You know, is there somewhere I need to go to find information? Is it a question I want to ask? But it's not as easy as it makes sense. I mean, kind yeah. of piggybacking off uh, Grant's uh, earlier question about, you know, how do you know that what you're experiencing is really what you're experiencing? Um, it's obviously very difficult to explain to people. You just kind of have this sense of knowing, right? So keeping that in mind and then um, touching on what you said about how it's really been the last two or three years that things have been coming to a head for you. You feel like you've gained more knowledge and understanding and awareness and you're able to to ask for things to occur, you're able to have things occur more often. Um, yeah. It seems to be a theme right now that more and more people are waking up or, yeah. or people who are already awake are developing a new layer, a, a higher level of, uh, of understanding and awareness of what's going on. So what do you think, maybe you don't feel that you yourself have a specific mission uh, I don't know if you do or not, but just overarchingly also, what, what do you think is going on here? Like, what do you think big picture is the reason why um, this theme is, is occurring of people having the experience of waking up in the last few years or gaining a higher understanding of consciousness or whatever's going on? It seems like something is really going on. A lot of people have been talking about it. So what do you think is the reason for this? It seems that way. And as I say, but I had an experience the other night where I've been watching that David, Dr. David Jacobs on about abductions and I shouldn't have watched it really because, I mean, he's entertaining and he knows his stuff. He's put 30, 40 years of research in, in on his abductions and his theory is there's going to be a takeover, you know. <laughs> but he says, well, oh, there's going to be a change. What is the change, he keeps saying. And he's assuming the change is going to be something negative. Um. And you look at the, the Ray Hernandez contact modalities and you say, well, you know, it, they're there pointing out it's a more positive experience. So, and I, I like to look towards the positive side because he's saying there's going to be a change. And, it, and, you know, I've been told you want to change how we think. So, and I think a lot of humans have had experiences where I've witnessed, um, you know, uh, a bull being killed. And I felt, I mean, these are other experiences. I mean, uh, and I felt the pain of the bull um, and what the humans were doing to the bull and things like that. And, and so I've, I've had ESP experiences where I've woke up and, and, and I found some, someone shouting to my dog through me. And they sat, it was actually an American accent. They said, oh, hey, buddy. And then the dog shot off the bed. And, and, you know, and I thought, someone's messing with me. Someone's trying to show me things. So where it's going, I don't know. But... I'd like to think it's on the positive side. And are they going to make themselves known to us? Well, the governments aren't going to tell us, are they? Because they don't, they're not going to. Uh, so it's got to be us. We're having the experience. That's important. And, and, and it's not even, you know, like we chase UFO breadcrumbs, I call it. Everyone's interested in the UFOs and the tech and, and, and you know, what's going on with the, the Tic Tac UFO and all this business. But really, I can assure you, um, when you go inside yourself and you bring out these abilities and you see what's out there on the astral plane and uh, you suddenly realize that humans are, are far much more interesting and all that, you know, and you think this is amazing because it is an amazing thing, the telepathy and the inner knowing. And you suddenly realize that maybe we're the ones that are more interesting. We're the interesting ones that they're interested in us. So it's, there's a lot more about us than we think. People need to stop playing no little me and, and sort of start thinking how, how great and how powerful humans actually are. 
I'll add a little thing you mentioned, David Jacobson. The book you're referring to is called The Threat. It was written in, published in 1999, so written in 1998, which is 22 years ago. And he said it was the, you know, it's the end is coming, and it's now 22 years later. We've had people chasing UFOs since 1947, believing they're here to eat us or whatever. And that's where the fear comes in. People love to, love, as we, we do, I just posted again a, a thing on Facebook where people love the meet these, uh, a woman who channels and got a message from the medium or the guides that said, we just love to make ourselves scared. We, we just love to play this game. Well, I, I fell for you. And he's got a new book out, actually. And he's actually quite funny, but I shouldn't have watched it because the very it's night after watching, it's a good, good lecture, yeah. But he is good. And he believes what he's doing. Today, yeah, when I yeah. both but he's a tortured soul. He's torturing himself with it. And I, I had an OBE that night, and I, and I went out into the garden, you know, and I could see the stars, and I, I, I felt I could see them like they were a telescope. I could have done anything, but I, and I started feeling the fear, and fear is the worst thing. I started thinking, oh, this, this David Jacobs, now I better get inside, I better get inside the house, <laughs> so screw it back in through the window, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, oh, no, I'm not watching that anymore. It's one thing for people to say, oh, you know, it's it's such a skill to be terrified. It's such a thrill to be terrified on a roller coaster or to be terrified of a scary movie or something like that. That's easy for people to admit, oh, I love scary movies. I love being scared. I love it when people surprise me and scare me. But for people to admit that they're addicted to living a fearful in a fearful way or living yeah. with a fearful set, you know, state of mind, that's not something people are going to admit to easily yeah. or maybe even be able to see that clearly because we're so conditioned to think and feel that way, right? I'm floating around the garden. I'm looking at the stars and I could have zoomed up and, and, had a, and then I start thinking about Dr. David Jacobs and I thought, oh, I'm getting inside. <laughs> and, I, you know, that's when I'm out on an OPE, so there's stuff that. So, when I, uh, you know, I'm, I'll have to make sure that that's gone. Yeah. But I had one. I had a I had a CE five type experience the night before, uh, and I was suddenly, you know, I I was I focused, and I, I've never done this before, and I suddenly found myself in a like a galaxy sort of environment. Yeah. And I said, "This is where I am. This is who I am. Come and talk to me." You know what I mean? And I found myself back in the house with a like a yellow pyramid in my hand, and I thought, oh, "This is a bit odd, isn't it?" I've not done that before. So yeah, but I, I think about the CE five stuff, and I think. Is it us manifesting? Because it, 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 what's the likelihood? Is there a craft come here from the Pleiades system and, and appeared to people on spec because they because that's what they want to happen, or or is it some kind of a, a manifested something by our own consciousness? And I'm in the middle at the moment. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know? And if there's if there's no time and space, then they're here. We're all here. It's all right here. There is yeah. no out there. Out yeah. there. You know, because ten people have decided to have, have a bit of a, a jolly and, and then go out and then go, are they going to? I don't know. It's it's, it's it's well, you know, it's it's human initiated, whatever it is. But is it a craft from the Pleiades system, or yeah. is it something that they've manifested themselves? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's become a big question. Yeah, as to the evil aliens, I always like to bring up the point that uh, when the when the evil aliens drop the first atomic bomb, send me the petition, I'll sign it. Until then. We're the people that dropped the atomic bomb and melted 100,000 people yeah. on the sidewalk. We are the enemy. Yeah. I mean, if there's an we enemy. Must be, we must yeah. be terrified, but don't get me wrong. I mean, there's been some fantastic humans over the years, and I mean, we need to look back and remember that. But, you know, um, but when the question you asked before, where we're going with this, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't like to. I don't think we're privy to the information, but I'd like to be. So, you know, that's why I'll try, I'll try and push on. I'll carry on pushing forward with these things. I keep searching for the information. 
Well, I, I think that you are the, the important people. That's what I say to people. Like People like to do the CE5 where they go out and look at lights in the sky and, and look at the metals and what does the government know and stuff. And mm -hmm. I keep saying it's, it's people like Gerald, like people like you who are interacting with the phenomena and you have to talk mm -hmm. to these people. You are never going to figure it out. And if you can interact with the phenomena, what more do you want? You don't need lights in the sky. You don't need any other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I appreciate the fact that you've done this and you've tried to get into the field and trying to interact with this phenomena and learn more. I think you are the uh, one of the people that people have to start listening to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's one of the major reasons why um, I wanted to do this with Grant, right, to be able to talk to people and collect your stories. So yeah. uh, jumping off of that, actually, what is it that motivated you? Because you and I have communicated a fair bit yeah. back and forth for a few weeks now. I know not a lot of people in your life know about your experiences. You've told your family about it. Your family just kind of, they say, oh, we love you, you know, but they're not <laughs> involved in, in, in what you're going through, what you're experiencing. So what is it that's motivated you to sit here on camera with us and know that this is going to be put on YouTube to share your story. Why? What is the reason why you're here with us today? I think the experiences have become so powerful um, that I've switched over now, and I don't. I'm, I suppose I'm getting a bit older. I haven't got to try and prove anything to anybody anymore, and I just don't want to. I don't want to end my life living a lie, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? If I believe something to be true, and that's what I, I'd like people to know, um, and that, so I obviously believe. What, what is happening is something significant. I wouldn't be on here talking about it. Um, but I mean, I, I've got to be careful. You take it with a pinch of salt now because it's happening so often that I take it for granted. When you tell people about it, they look at you like you're crazy. Do you know what I mean? So, well, you know, it, 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 it's happening. It is what it is. And, and I, I don't mind talking about it now. I've got nothing to prove, you know, I'm, I'm 48 now, so there's not much you can do to me. But I can understand why younger people might not want it, because there's a lot of people that just don't understand. They don't even have got a clue what you're talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah, what what do you plan to do in, in, in the future? Sorry. Uh, I'm still in this psychic development group, so I do want to do, I want to go and see how their seances run. Um, but they said, you know, they, you have to go for three months before they get into the seances, so that'll be interesting. And they showed me some apported devices, actually. But tell um, us about that. I'm doing a book on apports. Tell me that story. Well, this is the thing because we've all we all like Steve Meary, and we're all. I'm, I'm like I was I was so I was I was acting like him. I was saying, what was the temperature of the apports when it when it manifested? It says uh, with the diathermic reaction, and this the poor fellow who runs is saying didn't have it, didn't understand what I was saying. He was like, what's this guy on about? You know what I mean? The temperature 18 degrees above us. It was 18 degrees, and. He said, no, I don't, I don't know. He said, I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, we're watching Steve, you know, because he's got all, the, all these sort of um, figures and, 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 and so we're all are in. You near are you near Steve? Yeah, yeah, he's up the road in Manchester. Okay. I, was gonna, I was hoping to see him at the Awakening. Yeah. He's getting quite popular, isn't he? And yourself. I mean, this little poster, this little poster up on my wall, he's waiting for your autograph, you know. <laughs> Yeah. We'll be there next year. We'll be there next year. Make sure you will join us in Manchester. Yeah, I was going to get you, Von Danik, and Nick Pope. There's a few. The rug's been pulled. Maybe we can attend a. Maybe we can attend a seance. Tell me about a little bit about uh, the uh, seance and the apport stuff, because I've gotten into this se the seance thing as well. Yeah. But because well, of the, the virus thing, we haven't been able to uh, do it yet. But there's. Well, a 
That's kind of a, an interesting thing if you can. Yeah, we've got sixty members in this group, but it's a very private group. Do you know what I mean? So you have to have an interview sort of thing first. I didn't even know I was having the interview. I only went to see the guy for some advice, and he said, "Do you want to come along to the psychic development classes?" And he said, "Oh, we do seances as well and stuff." I said, oh, yeah, okay, you know. But well, there's a lot of religious undertones, but they've got they've got very good people. Do you know what I mean? Really good people. But uh, quite if you if you told me your car broke down, they'd probably say it's the dark side. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, well, hang on, I'm not. You know, I don't believe in it. Even if I did, I wouldn't admit it. Do you know what I mean? In fact, on that subject, someone tried to strangle me last week. <laughs> I've never admitted. You know, and uh, the experience I had the other night, someone's arm pulled. There was someone's arm holding on to me as I was coming out of body, and I actually felt the arm, and I could feel it was a man's arm. So it wasn't my wife. So I said, right, okay, let's land. So I landed again, and then I, I, I took the hand off me and pushed it out the way, and I still flew off from my OBE. So it shows you how, how sort of the intent to get out of it. But, you know, if I tell them that, they'll say, oh, oh, that's a dark city. You know, you need to get protected. So you've got to be, well, they're good people, and, and they do it They do it every, well, I can't say what day they do. It's Tuesday, actually. But, um. I, I'm I'm going to go soon and see what the see what's going on, you know. And um, is, is this, can I ask? Is this a closed circle? Because a lot of times you have to sit in the yeah. circle every week. You're not allowed to miss. You have to be there every week. And I don't know about that. No, you can miss. But they've got trans uh, trans I think trans trans mediums. Um, and they've got the, the there's a what do they call it? Independent voice that happens as well. Um, so you've got the divine direct voice and you've got the independent voice which comes wow. through seconds. But while I was in meditation, one of the trance mediums started going off and, and that was quite a shock. It's pitch black and sat next to you and someone starts all the heavy breathing and, and talking and stuff and you think, oh, you know, well, it's just interesting. You know, and and so, so I'll have a go at that. But I mean, I don't even, I mean, Steve mentions the skull experiments and things like that. And I don't know, you start thinking, is it the group? manifesting so you know I, I don't know and i haven't got a lot of experience with the seances have i so i can't say but that's another phase that i'm going to be doing soon wow. so yeah i'll report back to you and tell you tell you what what went on when, I, when we eventually I would have would have been there but due to the virus obviously everything's cancelled and if you do get a trans medium if, if you know about my dna experiment we're looking for trans mediums they may not want to do it but uh where you yeah. take the, the DNA before they go into trance, and then when they're in trance, and the, the DNA uh, should change, which would be dramatic if it happened. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's interesting in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I was listening to Coast to Coast before, and they were about a rabbit that was stuck on a submarine, and they measured the brain waves of the rabbit, and the same brain waves of the rabbit's child, when it was maybe they were applying some kind of electric shock to it. I don't know, but they, the they, rabbits, yeah. it, was, it was matched, yeah. So, Yep. You know, some yep. strange things going on, you know, quantum entanglements and all that kind of stuff. But, huh. Yeah, I mean, the, the seances would be interesting. I, I, look I see. Well, you have to keep us updated, um, and um, we'll we'll keep in touch with you, and uh, yeah, yeah. you can maybe give uh, us some lessons as we go along in, in, in doing this, because I know I was trying to help mm. Sinead do it. I've tried it myself. I've never been able to do it, but I've been, I've watched all the, all the material there is on it. And it's, just, it's, it's an important field. If you can get in the field as you're doing, you can learn an awful lot of material. So I'm glad that you've learned how to do it. Maybe you can teach us. Well, I mean, you, you, by, by astral projecting, you're connecting to your higher self, aren't you? 
Yeah. You're unpicking the lock effectively. Um, you, you're releasing an inner power. You're empowering yourself, in effect. You know what I mean? Um, but I would say for yourself, the easiest way that you can get in, if you wake up, in, hopefully in your REM sleep cycles, say 4 a.m., 5 a.m., that's the time. If you wake up, you just lie completely still in the earth position, quiet in your mind, try and put your body asleep. Now, you may feel a paralysis come over your body. You may feel a buzzing in your ears. You may feel vibrations. If you feel any of those things, then you need to start saying, rise up, float up, rise up, and keep repeating that. And you float up and you get out of that house as fast as you can. And the reason I say that is because some people do report seeing things and you just want to get out of the house confidently. So as soon as you've succeeded in the first one, you, you'll, be, you'll be on your on your way sort of thing. So, yeah, I would say if you wake up, lay still. Don't move a muscle. So give, it, give it five or ten minutes and then, you know, keep your mind ticking over, just thinking about it's nothing important, maybe a holiday or something or just something, but you keep saying, I want an OBE, OBE, I want, I want this, I want this. And as soon as you feel any sensations, it's time to lift off to start. And you've got to believe it. You've got to have the determination. But alternatively, if you, if you start seeing a screen, you may see screen imagery. You know, try and jump into the screen. Ask questions. Ask what your life purpose is. You know, these are the kind of questions that you need to have. Your mind needs to automatically go on to when anything happens. And this is the thing where people make mistakes. So I think I've trained my mind to ask the questions and to request you at the right times. So, for example, if, I'm, if it's a morning and I'm tired and you've had your sleep, but you're having a lie in, see, and, and, and you start drifting, you need to know that moment, that fine line, when to start wanting to drop through the bed or go up or whatever, you know. And, and, and that's how you succeed. But for... For no training whatsoever, no dream journals. If you wake up at four in the morning, those are the times to, to go for it. Thanks so much, Gerard. And I, just before we say goodbye, actually, I want to express uh, personal appreciation for how you will freely admit that you don't know um, entirely what's going on. You don't fully yeah. understand it. You don't have the answers because yeah. one of the things that uh, Grant and I both feel is that it's not about finding the answers. You know, it's not about coming to the end of yeah. an understanding of something. It's yeah. about the journey. It's about asking the questions. It's about having these experiences. And so that's a big reason why um, it's important to us to hear the experiences of uh, people such as yourself so that we can just share those stories and validate each other this way and then gain um, a clear understanding gradually, mm -hmm. piece by piece, of the bigger picture without necessarily landing on firm answers. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here You're today welcome. and for sharing you know, your story with us. Yeah. And as Grant would say, um, as Grant has said, please do keep us updated I'm because I'm curious about your journey, especially because you're dedicating yourself in a practiced mm -hmm. Uh, way you know you're using methods and tools to to try to expand your understanding so we're looking forward to hearing more about that so thanks so um, much for being here today you're most welcome and as i say i am i am writing a book if i ever get the book finished um you know and the experiences are going to be in there and, and and a lot of the methods that i use to astral project but you know it's just complicated there's a lot to it um so you can't it's not something you can just you know but whatever works for you, you just push it further and other things will come along. You know what I mean? Whatever experience will work best for you, you go with it and other things will happen. 
Yeah, as, as that saying goes, it's the journey, not the destination, right? That's it. You learn a lot more about yourself and these experiences. You know what I mean? When you've lost the ego and the materialistic thing, you're out there alone. And the fear, you need to overcome the fear. We're talking about memory, retaining memory. We're talking about dream journals. We're talking about holding back the fear and going for it. Because at three in the morning, when you feel that paralysis flow over your body, it's quite easy to roll over. I think not tonight, do you know what I mean? That's what you think. You're going to go for it and find out who you truly are, or you're going to roll over and think not tonight. Great advice. Great advice. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. And and Grant, thank you, of course, for um, giving voice to these people on your channel and for having me here too to do this with you. It's always fun and interesting and rewarding. Yeah. Thank you both. Goodbye, Gerald. Gerard. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take any Gary, Jerry, Jerry, whatever. That's this week's episode of the Paranormal UFO Consciousness Podcast. I'm your host, Grant Cameron, hoping that you will join me for upcoming episodes. Links to my YouTube interviews, books, and my Facebook sites are in the show notes. If you love the podcast or learn something valuable, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on today's episode. If you would like a certain paranormal subject dealt with in the future, please let us know. Until next time, watch this space, and thank you so much for listening.